الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمدك ونستعينك ونعوذ بك من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله واحد أحد فرد صمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير أما بعد أيها المؤمنون We are beginning the season of the Hajj. It is reported that in the past 10 days or so, about 450,000 Muslims have landed in the Holy Land, Al-Ard, Al-Mubarakah, and Obviously, the numbers are going to increase and we're probably going to have around 2 million Muslims performing the Hajj. These are the numbers that are reported, obviously, from their officials. And they also report that in the past year, 8 million Muslims went and performed the Umrah. The vital meanings of the Hajj though are somewhat absent. We know that Prophet Ibrahim, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, was the one who initiated or was the one who founded Mecca with his son Prophet Ismail and the Kaaba was built and we go to the Hajj to certain areas to perform our duties there. I want to address myself to a particular type well, let me be frank about this. I want to address myself to those who have inherited a Sunni designation. They say they are Sunnis. In the Salah, 
every Sunni, and I'm sorry to say it like this, but this is the way it, I avoid being misunderstood. In the Salah, there's a Salah al-Ibrahimiyya, after the first tashahud, in the third or fourth or second rak'ah of Salat al-Fard, there's a what's called a Salah al-Ibrahimiyya, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ali Ibrahim, wa barik ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad, كما باركت على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد. That's I guess the most common phraseology of الصلاة الإبراهيمية. And curious, with a little bit of curiosity, what is called in the fiqhi books الصلاة الإبراهيمية. Is not called a salah al muhammadiyya or a salah al ibrahimiyya al muhammadiyya because when we express this, we are saying, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad, and we are saying in the same breath, Allahumma salli ala Ibrahima wa ali Ibrahim. So we have two prophets, two, let's say, major prophets, and we have their al with them. And the Al is something like their their family members are obviously who are in line with their father prophets who are qualified to be included in the Salah of the Prophets. In this case, Prophet Ibrahim and Prophet Muhammad Okay, this is common sense. I think I didn't provide you with any new information here. But what we rarely think about is in the traditional, or let's call it in the historical Sunni mind, whenever that mind is working, there's something like an absence of Al-Muhammad. Let me try to give a little background information. Beginning with the Umawi seizure of power, seizing of power, there was a programmed and an official effort to exclude from any life and death responsibilities the Al of Muhammad. Ibn Taymiyyah as an extension of the initial Umawi policies he says something along these lines. He says that the emphasis on Al Muhammad is a, I'm paraphrasing here, is a Shi'i characteristic or a Shi'i tradition and it is also a custom or a tradition of Al-Yahud. So he places the Shi'is and Yahud in the same category. And he says anyone who is 
more or less uh, emphasizing on Al-Muhammad is following these types of two deviations, either the Yehudi deviation or the Shi'i deviation. Therefore, because the majority of Muslims have come under the influence of the dynasties and the rulers they had over them, it's almost like a blank statement when those who follow, let's say, the fiqh of Abi Hanifa or Ash-Shafi'i or Malik or Ibn Hanbal, when in their salah they say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim, that salah on the Prophet and his al is a blank. It's just a blank. It doesn't have any functional meaning. We're speaking about this in the context of the Hajj. Prophet Ibrahim, where all of this began, was in today's language, he didn't have a a people that he can call his own people. At a younger age, he left his people because, because they were socially wrong. They were religiously wrong. They were ideologically wrong. So he left. So he's a person who had nothing. And finally, in his latter years in life, he settled in a place in the Arabian Peninsula that was unknown. And that place became his home, became his domicile, and that was Mecca. So the lost meaning of Mecca is, it is a place that the followers of Ibrahim and Al-Ibrahim and the followers of Muhammad and Al-Muhammad can call home. There can't be any other place in the world when the world becomes xenophobic, becomes intolerant, racist, nationalist, sectarian, and begins to exclude others from feeling at home there's one place in the world where such individuals can go and feel at home and that is Mecca. This meaning no longer is alive. When you say in your salah, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ali Ibrahim, does it occur to you that what you, the blessings that you are invoking on these prophets and the ahls of the al of these prophets, when you are doing that, you are comforting yourself by saying, I have a home in this world. And this has even more meanings when Muslims today feel like they don't have anywhere that they can call home. It's true, some of us are born in these nation states, but when you come down to it, it's like we are excluded from these nation states. We are citizens of certain 
countries or governments, but they make us feel like we're not wanted. These are the same feelings that Ibrahim had and the same feelings that Muhammad had. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon them and theirs. They had these feelings. The same people, I mean the same mentality of people that forced Ibrahim out of his society, forced Muhammad out of his society. So, we come to the issue of Al. In this traditional Sunni mind, I wish there was another way of saying this, but this is the easiest way it can be said without going into a lot of other explanations. In this type of mindset, it is fine for Prophet Ibrahim to have a son and a grandson and a great-grandson who are prophets. And no one brings up the issue of... Wait a minute, there's Allah's favoritism here in this. Why did he appoint Ishaq, the son of Ibrahim, Prophet Ibrahim, a prophet? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appoint Ismail, who is the son of Ibrahim, as a prophet? Why did he have Yaqub, the son of Ishaq, who is the son of Ibrahim as a prophet. Why did he have Yusuf, the son of Yaqub, the son of Ishaq, the son of Ibrahim as a prophet? This, in, in, in the normal way of, uh, in this mentality, there's nothing wrong with that. That's Allah's will and yet. No one says, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could, could have selected one of the Sahabis of Ibrahim when you rewind your mind and you read through the books of history, the Islamic resources of knowledge, you don't find the word Ashab Ibrahim. Has anyone ever come across this word? Did Ibrahim have some companions? Did he have some fellow believers with him? That's, that sort of is a blank area that is not developed and should be given more thought. So is Ibrahim himself a, a, a type of selfish person when he says, when Allah says to him, Inni ja'iluka linnasi imama, I shall have you as an imam of people. And what does Ibrahim say? Qala wa min and from my offspring. And Allah's answer was, Qala la yanalu My pledge to you does not include those who are offenders, those who do injustice. It's a polite way of saying in your offspring, if you're going to have those types of individuals, they are not going to be leaders. And the leadership, Mecca, not only was it a place for people who don't have a home, but it is a place that is designated as the 
the mother of all civilizations you don't find this repeated by Muslims but it is a designation of Mecca in the Quran Allah describes Mecca as Umm Al-Qura it is the the foremost of civilizations so is now Ibrahim was before Musa before there were Yahud before all of this so how does a person like Ibn Taymiyyah refer this attempt at a meaningful understanding of the word Al-Muhammad how does he refer this to Yahud when we find its genesis in the words of Ibrahim when Allah and Ibrahim exchange these understandings قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا قَالَ وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِي قَالَ لَا يَنَالُ عَهْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ And then Allah says about Ibrahim وَجَعَلْنَا فِي ذُرِّيَّتِهِ النُّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابِ And we placed in his offspring, meaning Ibrahim's offspring, prophethood and scripture. Does anyone have any problem with that? You know, ask these people right now, are these types of understandings, do they hail from the beliefs of Yahud or from the customs of Jahiliyyah? These are, these are Ibn Taymiyyah's accusations. For those who try to find a working meaning for Al, Now we come to Al-Muhammad. And I want to say to those who consider themselves Shi'is, or say that they are Shi'is, I want to say to them that as much as the Sunnis are negligent, the Shi'is, as much as some of the Sunnis are negligent, some of the Shi'is become offensive. It's a fact of life. They try to accuse some people, try to, some Muslims try to accuse other Muslims of somehow being disrespectful just because we have dynasties and rulers who played out this diminishing or this diminutive approach to the Al of Muhammad. They try to make quote-unquote, some Sunni Muslims feel guilty of what Muawiyah did or what Ibn Taymiyyah said. They have nothing to do with that. You want to generalize because of Muawiyah and Ibn Taymiyyah and their likes because there's a string of characters in our history equivalent. I can't go through all of history name all. But equivalent to these rulers and these scholars, we have a line of them. You come and say all of the Sunnis are like that, that becomes offensive. And you're not, you're not supposed to say that, much less you're not supposed to get away with that. So let's be fair to the subject. We can, we can go through self-criticism without injuring our feelings. So 
We ask this non-working Sunni mind, concentrate a little on what you acknowledge to be the hadiths of Allah's Prophet. Allah's Prophet said, Fatimatu bid'atun minni. Fatima is part of me. Rough translation of it. Okay. Anyone have any problems with that, whether you're a Sunni or a Shi'i? Don't take it in one direct, to one extreme, and don't take it to the other extreme. We're li- we are victims of this extremism. All of us acknowledge, the Prophet said, says, Fatimatun bid'atun minni. Okay, let's honor that. In another hadith that all of us acknowledge, whatever fiqhi background we have, he says, Al-Hasan wal-Husayn Sayyida Ahlil Jannah. Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn are the chiefs or the masters of the folks of Al-Jannah, of paradise. Okay, we all agree to that, ala al-ayn. As we say in Arabic, meaning in all certainty. The Prophet in another hadith says in reference to Al-Imam Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn, هَذَانِ إِبْنَايَ وَرَيْحَتَانِ فِي الدُّنْيَا These are my two sons and my fragrance in this world. My, it's literally my flagrant flowers in this world particular type of flower in another hadith that all of us acknowledge the prophet says Husaynun minni wa ana min Husayn Husayn is of me and I am of Al Husayn okay so far we are following the prophet's hadiths why should this create bad feelings among hyperactive Muslims and among, let's say, passive Muslims? I'm trying to select the word that doesn't get on anyone's nerves, but try to be as factual as possible. It's who we are. Let's take a look at ourselves. And not exclude, because some people become exclusion. They say, no, no, those are not Muslims. Whether you're on this side or on that side, you begin to say, the side that is not with you, oh, we don't consider those Muslims. Or we hope that Allah will accept them as Muslims. And then you have the more sophisticated types. They will say they are not mu'mins. They give room here. No, we're not saying they're not Muslims, we're just saying they're not Muslims. In another hadith, the Prophet, a common hadith, everyone acknowledges it. He says concerning Imam Ali, Allahumma wali man walah. And this has two different versions, or probably a little more than that if you dig deeper. But the general meaning is the same. He says, in reference to Imam Ali, 
اللهم والي من والاه وعادي من عاداه او الله بي the supporter and the ally of whoever supports and is with him meaning imam ali and be the antagonist and the enemy of whoever is against him a common hadith all of us read that why do pro, pro, you know who was the the enemy of al imam ali was muawiyah a friend of imam ali was Muawiyah a supporter of Imam Ali? Was Muawiyah an ally of Imam Ali? So why can't that traditional Sunni mind wake up? It's long overdue. Why can't it wake up and see, wait a minute here, there, there's something that went on that we haven't thought through. So let's begin to think through this and clarify this whole issue. Why is this? We're asking someone to do something impossible the Prophet also said in another hadith, Allahumma ha'ulai ahlu bayti fadhib anhum rijsa wa tahirhum tathira. Oh Allah, these are my ahl al-bayt, so have contamination away from them and purify them as much as possible. Okay, this is a common hadith, all of us agree to it. Why should someone quoting these types of hadith and uh, why should someone quoting these types of hadith make enemies of other Muslims? Instead of this, this force of opposition, instead of it going to those who have power and wealth, we dissipate it, we waste it among ourselves. That's what we're doing. And they want us be hush about this. Don't speak about this. No, why? What's wrong? Are you saying something wrong? We're quoting ayat, we're quoting the Prophet, and we're trying to understand together what they are saying. And the answer to all of this, I'll give you the answer. It's in an ayah. The ayah is number 54 in Surah An-Nisa. It says, أَمْ يَحْسُدُونَ النَّاسَ عَلَى مَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Do they, these types of people, the troublemakers on both sides, are they jealous because of the bonuses that Allah has given some prophets or some other Muslims? Uh, do they envy that? فَقَدْ آتَيْنَا آلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ Indeed, we have given the Al of Ibrahim and Muhammad is from Al Ibrahim. ذُرِّيَّةً بَعْضُهَا مِنْ بَعْضِ This is a line of genealogy in history that comes from its own self. There's no need to, to have some type of racism about this or some type of sectarianism about this, which we encounter. فَقَدْ آتَيْنَا آلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ مُلْكًا عَظِيمًا If these meanings can be consolidated in your thinking selves, you can consolidate these meanings and place them in the yearly 
effort of the grand hajj that Muslims are going to unfortunately without thinking through the meanings of what it means to be in Mecca what it means to have a Mecca and how we are almost forbidden almost they're doing all they can to try to forbid us from touching base with these meanings to revitalize Mecca as our heart and our lung أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله الذي هدى صلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى والتقى Brothers and sisters, I hope we all know our geography. The Arabian Peninsula now in the past week had hundreds of troops flying into military bases in the land of Allah's Prophet, of Allah's Prophets. It's easy for them to go. American troops stationed in military bases in the Arabian Peninsula. They can go. But we Muslims who want to go to Mecca, there's an obstacle course we have to go through. Officialdom has placed barriers between us and Mecca. It's been reported that yesterday 300 Egyptians were returned to Egypt when they landed in the airport in Saudi Arabia they were returned to Cairo 300 of them and 30 or so this past Tuesday they were also returned why were they returned why were Muslims who were trying to go to Mecca and Al Medina returned but there are troops that are going to the areas of Mecca and the Medina and they're not returned. First, think about this. In the time of Allah's Prophet, did the Byzantines or the Persian Empire, did they have military bases in Arabia? Imagine if the Prophet, these people who are ruling Arabia now, they would have some type of precedent. They would say, okay, the Prophet, he permitted the Byzantines, the Roman Empire, he permitted them to come and station their troop in the Arabian Peninsula. That's what they are doing today. They say they follow the Sunnah of the Prophet. That's one score. The second thing, the clarification about the 330 plus Egyptians who were returned, what happened was these poor Egyptians, they wanted to go to the Hajj. And they knew that the normal channels of applying to go to the Hajj were impossible. If they went to the Saudi consulate and they said, we want a Hajj visa, no one's supposed to impose a Hajj visa on anyone. Ibrahim didn't have a visa to go to that area. None of the prophets had visas to go to that area. So 
Anyways, this is the fact of life. So what these Egyptians said was, well, let's apply for, they call, they have some type of visa for tourists. It may be called a tourist visa. I didn't look up the English translation of the word. I don't know. But you can obtain that in 24 hours. So these Egyptians said, they probably had contact with some travel agencies. They said, okay, apply for a tourist visa. And when you go there, you land there, you go to the Hajj. They didn't know that at the airport there's going to be security personnel who are scrutinizing the visas. Anyways, when they found out these are Muslims who want to go to Mecca and they had a tourist visa, they told them, you go back. They put them on their planes back to their country of origin. This show here in Washington, D.C., it's a show between the executive and the Congress selling weapons to the Saudis to kill Muslims in that land of Mecca and Al-Medina, into the southern part in Yemen. And now they're planning other stuff in other areas. So they said the $8.1 billion of weapons to used by Muslims to kill Muslims. See, brothers and sisters, when I say this in the second khutbah, it go, goes back to the first khutbah, where the killers who are Muslims justify the killing of other Muslims founded on the erroneous policies beginning with the Umawis and the fallacious statements beginning with the likes of Ibn Taymiyyah. So don't think there's no relationship between the first khutbahs and the second. One of the commanders of Ansarullah, this is the major group that is fighting the Saudis in Yemen, the Saudi mercenaries and the Saudi armed forces in Yemen, said we're going to continue to make advances into the depths of this of Saudi Arabia until they cease, until they stop their warfare in Yemen. And alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks are due to Allah that in this past week or two, one of the militaries decided that it wants to leave. The United Arab Emirates said, we don't want to continue this type of policy and this type of military war in Yemen. So they say that they are withdrawing. Whether they are doing this out of sincerity or just as a military ploy remains to be seen. There was a debate on TV between a Zionist Yehudi and another person who's a Muslim. And the debate was about the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Israel. And the Muslim used some unconventional words, let's say some sharp words, to refer to the criminal king in that criminal kingdom. And what happened, the Israeli Zionist felt so offended that he withdrew from the debate over the air. Here's where you have Zionists more sympathetic 
to the usurpers of Mecca and Al Medina than the average Muslim. So wake up to the fact of who is our real common adversary. And then the previous ambassador who was here from that decrepit kingdom in Washington DC, the, the brother of MBS, KBS, Khalid bin Salman, he says that he is so concerned with the plight of the Yemenis and he looks forward to peace in Yemen. Well, it's easy. If you're concerned and you want peace in Yemen, withdraw from Yemen. You don't belong there. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah that the aggressors, the Saudi aggressors now are getting a taste of what it means to be involved in an aggressive and almost a war that borders on genocide. 20 million Yemenis are hungry. That's out of a population of between 20 and tw uh, between 25 and 28 million, depending on who you're listening to or who you're reading. Listen to, I'm going to quote a, uh, a sentence from social media in Saudi Arabia to tell you how far the deviation has gone. I'm going to quote this in Arabic and translate it in English. Al-Badu yajhal annahu lawla al-Islam lakana Abu Jahl ahad sadat al-Arab. says, many people are ignorant of the fact that if it wasn't for Islam, Abu Jahl would have been a major figure among the Arabians, an important figure. فَلَقَدْ كَانَ يُكَنَّ hakam his, his title before Islam and Prophet Muhammad was the father of wisdom. He was a person of high morality. His characteristics were noble. His character was a noble character. His one mistake. See the policies of capitulation by the Saudi flunkies that has caused people to speak like this as but his sole Abu Jahl's sole mistake was that he was against Islam and against the Muslims what are they going to say next year if this continues like this what are they going to say I'll leave it up to your own selves here in Washington DC a few days ago for the cameras the foreign minister of Bahrain and the foreign minister of Israel are smiling for the cameras is this the future is this our future and I don't, I don't want to fail to say in this second khutbah the racism that is coming from the White House they say goes the the occupant of the White House goes on what is to become the campaign trail he goes to North Carolina 
and his crowds shout and they chant send her back send her back you remember during the presidential campaign a few years ago lock her up lock her up in reference to Hillary well now they are saying send her back send her back in reference to Ilhan Omar and they they widened the circle to include along with uh, Congresswoman Omar Congresswoman Tlaib and Congresswoman AOC uh, Ocasio um, Alexandria Cortez and in addition to that the Congress the African-American Congresswoman from Massachusetts Presley this is racism brothers and sisters they have this is God this is going actually if it continues like this we're looking at a civil war that's what's gonna happen you continue like this you racist in this country you continue like this and you're you're setting up the United States for a civil war inside the country and a global war outside the country that's what you're doing and don't think that Allah is not observing all of this look at the temperatures here three-fourths if not more of the United States in in this week are experiencing unprecedented temperatures 30 to 40 degrees above average in many places uh, speaking about over the weekend Washington DC is going to be hotter than Death Valley you think all of this is coincidental Allah watches he sees everything that goes on you're gonna have your secret meetings you can have your classified information you can have as much conspiracies as you want but with a sincere effort whether it is thousands of miles away or whether it's a few inches away with a sincere efforts the empire will collapse if it continues on this course Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna jtinaabah wala taj'alhum ultabisan alayna وَجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَابِ رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم ربنا صل وسلم وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل وسلم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر أجعلتم سقاية الحاج وعمارة المسجد الحرام كمن آمن بالله واليوم الآخر وجاهد في سبيل الله لا يستوون عند الله والله لا يهدي القوم الظالمين إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم ما يعظكم به 
إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allahu Akbar 